Hey guys, Mike here. We've got a great show for you today, but before we get started, I want to tell you about our free blogging guide. This is a comprehensive email course where we give it all away for free. And we don't sell a blogging course. We don't ever plan to sell a blogging course. So if you want to learn about blogging, we're giving you all of the best stuff so you can get started. Or if you've already started, get better results just by going through this email course. We put a lot of work into it, especially Bobby, since he's the pro blogger of the two of us. We think you're really going to like it. You can grab it for free by going to laptopempires.com slash blogging dash guide. So Check it out. Let us know what you think, and let's get on with the show. Howdy. Welcome back to our podcast. We're going to keep talking about blogging today. We're about three weeks in now talking about blogging. This is kind of an exciting episode. This is the first one with Baby Paige making her grand appearance. Sweet Pea on the show. So if you hear baby noises, well, I'm home by myself with three kids today, so we're just going to see how (laughs) this goes. So this is going to be a fun episode. We are going to talk about the worst blogging advice that we've heard, and we've heard a lot of it, and we've heard some of it from blogging authorities, so this will be kind of an interesting one. And and I think it's important to kind of preface some of this stuff, like because I can think of at least, mm, I would say at least one or two of these that we're going to talk about that there's some truth to them, like maybe there's some importance, but it's overblown. So we'll get into it. And, uh, you know, Bobby, I'll throw it over to you. I mean, you're in the blogging world. I get to observe. Yeah. And I see some horrible <laughs> advice <laughs> all the time. A lot of times from my perspective, it's like horrible marketing and growth advice, like or optimization for like lead gen or list growth, things like that, that I know. Yeah. Um, but it really, it's like all across the board. I would say generally bloggers are very good at building audience, but they're not very good at marketing. (laughs) So it's kind of a weird thing because you get people that start blogs that really want to make an impact on the world or they want to like spread a message or whatever, which is why I got into it. But a lot of them don't realize that you can't do that unless you market yourself. And a lot of people are scared to market themselves. And we've talked a million times on this podcast about people being scared to sell. And I used to be in that same spot. Like I was afraid to sell things. But now it's like, I can only help people if I do promote my brand and market my brand and not just like passively market it by like just putting things on social media. Like you have to fight for your brand to be seen. That's anywhere. I mean, that's, you know, restaurants that like any business has to fight for their own survival. And and a lot of bloggers don't do that. And they kind of just, I don't know, they just kind of take it sometimes and go, I'm not getting traffic. I'm not getting sales. I'm not getting this stuff. So I do think, you know, that was one of the things when we started selling courses and info products and I, I got in more with you and, and Chris and just a lot of people that had a lot of I don't know experience in, in more of the traditional digital marketing space. That was the biggest thing that I always noticed was like, okay, they, these guys sell and they don't feel bad about selling and 
they make a lot of money. <laughs> so, and that's true of the top bloggers too. Like when you get to the very high echelons of people that are either running an affiliate marketing based website or they're, you know, selling info products, they are really selling, you know, and it, it's not, they're not shy about selling and convert and, you know, it gets down to like conversion optimization and like all this crazy stuff but you have to get people to click and you have to get people to convert. So that's what it's all about. And so that's a lot of these things that we're going to talk about are kind of, you know, kind of in that, that spectrum of like, it's well-intentioned advice, but it's not going to necessarily move your business forward advice. Right. So, And I think this kind of topic that we're dancing around of like selling, it's not one of the things we're not like going to be sharing some bad advice around selling, but I think there is a lot of it. And, but I think more than like people giving bad advice, there's just a lot of fear. And the reality is, because I do think it's a, a related topic. The best way you can help somebody is by selling them something. Cause the things that have the most value cost something, right? Like people, you know, guard that information or that, I don't know, product or whatever it is with a price because it has such big value and you can talk about like, give it all away in your content or, you know, create a lot of value in your content or whatever. But at the end of the day, you know, even that, like we give away all kinds of stuff in our content and right. there are things on the YouTube channel or on the podcast that it's like, we teach in a course, but it's one piece of it. And even if we did every single thing individually, you'd have to piece it all together. Right. And so I think it's just important to keep in your mind that whether it's an affiliate product or it's your own product that you're selling, you know, you can best help somebody by providing that thing to them. And let's take affiliate products. because That's a lot less threatening. Like you're just sticking, you're putting your links in your content, for example, you know, if that's all you're doing, if you're not selling it via email or whatever, if you don't believe in that product and you're not comfortable selling it to somebody, then you shouldn't be promoting it as an affiliate anyway. We get people that message us all the time about promoting their courses and stuff like that. And this isn't always the case. Sometimes we don't promote it because it just doesn't fit in with our brand or our vision, or we don't think that we have enough people in the audience to really promote it. But sometimes it's like, I don't like that product, right. you know, and we don't want to promote it. Yeah. So um, you got to be comfortable. You've got to be like, if you're not comfortable selling the thing, then that means it's probably not good. And I think I've said that a lot of times, whether it's an info product or an affiliate product. Like if you really believe in the thing and you think it's going to help people, you should be doing everything you can to get it in their hands. Yeah, 100%. And the reason that I was bringing up the selling thing is because the first one we kind of talked about when we were going through this list was the email part mm. where it's like yep. a lot of people, a lot of bloggers kind of give the advice of don't email your list too much. You don't want to upset them. You don't want to annoy them. And I used to really feel this way too. And it was interesting because when I first started in the personal finance blogging world, email marketing was still like this very new concept. Really interesting. I remember my first FinCon back in 2016. You know, it was like a lot of the like guest speakers and keynote people that they brought on, they were talking about email marketing. And it was just really interesting. It was like a revelation for a lot of people like, oh man, I should be emailing my list. But then when like in practice, a lot of people, they just sit down and they're like, I don't want to hurt someone's feelings or I don't want to get the nasty email from someone where they're like, or I don't want stuff. someone to unsubscribe. Yeah. I don't want somebody to unsubscribe. And the reality is you got to email your list. Like it, you have to, if you, if you really want a controllable, reliable way to make money. And a lot of what we do at laptop empires is, you know, we make a lot of money through email funnels. We're building out 
that same stuff on Millennial Money Man and also, you know, like blogging stuff for, for laptop empires and it's email based and it's something that allows you to make money while you sleep. I think it's huge, but I think the other part of it is kind of like the newsletter email, the infotainment email that we kind of do. And I think a lot of bloggers could really benefit from that, but instead they send these very safe, email like article recap like newsletter it's just like a you know a, maybe a portion of the blog post that they wrote or maybe it's the whole thing like some of them send the entire thing that they wrote right. and then also link to their blog post which doesn't really make any sense and so what that doesn't allow you to do though is sell when it comes time to sell and so it's like a lot of people they'll start their blog they write content on it they're sending these email newsletters that are like either these big recaps um, that are very like there's no affiliate products or anything in them. And it's just a recap of the blog post or it's a literal recap. And then when they go to launch a course, like they get to the point two, three years down the line where they're like, I want to make money with courses and they try to launch it. They're like, oh crap, nobody buys this because it's because you haven't really been preparing your list for that. You have to start emailing your list, but it can't just be the article recaps and you can't be afraid of people unsubscribing. They're going to unsubscribe. You don't want too many people on your list. Like I'm at the point with Millennial Money Man where I desperately need to go through and take a lot of emails off the list that aren't active or try to reactivate them because I've got tens of thousands of people on there and it needs to be cleaned up. You know, that's kind of like one of the things for probably next month that we're going to be doing. So anyway, you just got to email your list and and I think you got to do it in a way that provides value and entertains people and can't be scared of the unsubscribe. Yeah. I mean, there is something worse than people unsubscribing and that's people just not paying attention and ignoring yeah. their emails. You like, that's way that. worse. Yeah. Cause you're paying for that. You, I mean, honestly, selling your stuff actually helps you keep your costs down <laughs> because yeah, people yeah. will unsubscribe and it, you know, that stuff gets really expensive. But if people aren't paying attention to your emails, then down the road, when you, you know, have a, a revelation and decide that you need to email market, your list is going to be worthless because they're not going to know who you are. They're not going to respond. They're not going to open and they're not going to click. And, yeah. and so there are worse things than people unsubscribing. There really are. And I think it's funny because like you said, hey, you know, this was like brand new in the blogging world. And then you go back and email marketing has been going on for years and years and years and years. And I'm talking like, you know, since the dawn of email, right? Like it's been happening for a long time. And so, you know, it's one of those things like in my world where it's like super common. It's just like, if you're not doing this, you're, you know, it's not smart. (laughs) It's like everybody, everybody does it. It's like the thing, it's like the one thing you have to do. And when, uh, when you look at it in our world, the mentality, at least in the, the circles that I run with and, you know, like our copywriter, Chris, who you learned a lot from, you know, Chris's mentality is almost like, I would almost rather push people's buttons and get the people that are going to react off of my list than try and keep everyone happy. And, you know, and there's many ways to do it. You don't have to be an abrasive marketer at all. You really don't to be successful, but you do, you need, people need to look forward to opening your emails. And so that dry content that just posting your blog posts, maybe your blog post isn't dry, but just posting your blog post content or writing dry emails or very like just kind of, you know, not telling stories, not selling those kind of things. People aren't going to look forward to your emails. If they look forward to hearing from you, hearing your stories, getting behind the scenes, uh, learning and being sold to. And if you don't think people don't like being sold to, then you're not paying attention, right? Like I'm sure, I don't know if everybody's like this, but I know with my wife, like she is constantly looking for a good deal. She's just like shopping online to shop. 
She's on all these email lists. It, it almost gives me anxiety watching her clean her inbox every night and how many things that she's like sorting. Cause she's just looking for people to sell her something like that. That's literally like her biggest hobby, you know? <laughs> and, and I'm not saying that she's spent, she doesn't spend a ton, but like, that's what she does. So, and I know a lot of people are like that. And we see that from big brand advertising and stuff. So if you don't think that people are opening emails to be sold to, you just don't have your eyes open. You're willfully ignorant. You know, it's easier to email your list when you have a personal brand. I, I'll totally, you know, admit that. Um, but a lot of people that start blogs that are more of a niche or niche website, um, however you want to say it, uh, a lot of people that have those kind of blogs where they want to remove themselves as the personality from the brand, they don't email their list because they think, you know, people aren't going to like this if I send an email that's more of an infotainment news newsletter style, you know, to these people that they don't know the face and voice of my brand and I don't want to be the face and voice. But I, my counter argument is always like, if the Starbucks CEO sat down and wrote an email from his desk every week, I think a lot of people would open that email and I think they would be really interested in what's going on at Starbucks. Like what are the initiatives they're right. doing? What are the good things they're doing? You know, how are they, you know, like what are they doing to help customers? And just because you don't have a personal brand necessarily, it's okay as the CEO or the owner to send out emails to your list that are entertaining because it still is going to build that connection with the brand. And that's kind of like the disconnect that I see from a lot of bloggers that have that like more of the, I don't know, faceless kind of brand, or they want to come across as like a startup or whatever. People still want a personal connection with the brand. They don't, you know, just because they don't see your face all over the blog doesn't right. mean that they don't want to hear from you. And they can connect with just the brand. It doesn't even have to be you as the owner emailing. Like, yeah, it's true. Really good. I mean, an example everybody knows is Dollar Shave Club. Totally. Like Dollar Shave Club got popular because of their email marketing and their videos and they had a personality. And now we've seen it. There's so many different, there's like manscaping and like all these different things. Like there's <laughs> yeah. a lot of products where people are using email marketing pretty heavily and it's the brand, right? And so your brand can have a voice. It can have a feel. We're going through a big website redesign right now. And one of the big things we've talked about is like, what is the feel of the brand? right? And what, and trying to portray that through the look, right? And we have that even like with our, you know, goofy teddy bear, like it is adding a feel to our brand that makes it unique. And if we wanted to come across, like we could actually for laptop empires, we could write emails as biggie snugs if we wanted, you yeah, know, that's true. Like we could do that. And if we wanted it to not be Bobby and I emailing, we could like write as this bear and probably have more fun with it because we could develop his personality to be whatever we wanted. Like maybe if we wanted to like be more abrasive and kind of be like, you know, our, our bear already doesn't smile. So if he was kind of a little mean, you know, people would be like, Oh yeah, it's just the bear. We could be like, Hey, I didn't write that. That's the bear. You know, like it's, you yeah. could have fun with it. So you can make your brand, whatever you want to be. And even if it is your personality, but you're just writing as the brand, like, cause one of the best things you can do is writing is just be you like you can do that. And then if you do sell the brand or you want to step out of it later, email copywriters are good at emulating voice. So, you know, they can emulate whatever you establish and that brand voice can carry on even without you. Yeah, so. yeah, totally. And I think a lot of bloggers don't realize like, especially newer bloggers. So I, I didn't know this, that there are email copywriters that <laughs> like that, that do it for you. Right. No, no, that's not what we do at LE and, and Millennial Money Man. We write all of our emails, but 
you know, we could in theory find somebody to write emails for us. It's something you can do to step away from it if you need to. So that was the first one. What, what was the second one on the list? This idea of build it and they will come. Mm. Right. I think that that's really common. And, you know, like this is one of those, like there's something to it because like at the end of the day, you have to, you do have to build the thing. Like you have to get started. If you're not building it, no one's going to come. But the reality is like you have to build things in a certain way. Like when we're talking about, especially like, well, it really any platform, there are certain ways you have to do it. But like with a blog, you can't just write about whatever the heck you want to write about and expect traffic to happen without getting lucky. Right. Right. But there is a process. There's a repeatable process that you can do that when you build it, they will come if you build it this way. Right. (laughs) Right. Yeah. The way I kind of think about this is like if you were to build a restaurant in a field in the middle of nowhere and there was like 100 acres of nothing around it and no roads to it, nobody's going to come. But if you were to build your restaurant on a prime piece of real estate on a really busy road in a neighborhood, people are going to come. You know, so like that's it's the difference of where you build it. And so that's kind of like if you build a website and the purpose is to get Google traffic. Well, if you build it in a way that's going to rank in Google and you optimize it for Google, you're going to get Google traffic. But if you just write it and you never tell anybody about it uh, or you don't do a good job of effectively marketing it, you know, you're not on a road. There's not going to be any traffic that gets to it. And so you have to build it in a way to where you're getting traffic to it. It's not just like I'm going to build the content and then get popular. It doesn't work that way. Yeah. And I think that's a good analogy with the restaurant. I think you can take it further because it's one of those things like SEO, you've got to build the road to the restaurant. Like you're saying, like you're building the pathways for the traffic to come. But then the other thing is like your restaurant that you build has to actually cook food that people want to eat. you, You know, so if you're like just making whatever the heck you want and maybe you really like ketchup on your Apple Jacks, like you're a weirdo and that's cool. And you might attract four or five other weirdos on the planet, but the reality is that ain't going to work. But if you make a bomb burger and people are looking for a burger, they're going to show up. Right. And so your blog, like you need to create the channels, you need to create those roads through SEO, but you also need to create roads that are going to get high traffic, right? Like you need to create some highways to your restaurant, not some like little dirt roads with like a fallen log in front of them, right? You've got to be really careful with that. So Man, I mean, I don't know if you've got anything else on this one. I feel like this one's very simple. I think if you're saying, though, that they will come, like you're just trying to get people to start this. Maybe you're trying to sell some Bluehost affiliate, you know, products, like, but you're not really being realistic. Like you have to build it and you have to build it around something people are interested in and you have to build it in a way that you show up in Google or one of the other ways, whether it's Pinterest or Facebook ads or whatever, there's other ways, but you've got to build it in a way that like one of the traffic things is going to bring people in. Yeah. I think a lot of it and people, when they start blogs, I probably felt this way or I probably thought this is how it worked. It's like you build it and then you go viral somehow on social media and that's how people mm-hmm. blow up. And it doesn't work like that. I mean, you, there have been times in, in my blogging career where certain things have gone viral, but I wouldn't say like mega viral or anything like that. But I think there's a misconception. And, and what it is, is really you're you're giving yourself a chance to go viral the more content you put out. But that's only on social media. I mean, like there's search traffic, there's paid traffic. You know, there's a lot of different ways to build your blog, but you have to get the, the foundation built up. And then like the virality thing is something that comes later. And, and it's really not even something you can rely on. It's like, right. I've got friends that they write for Forbes 
and they have some articles go viral and they, they make good money from it. And they're just like, wow, that was awesome. You know, that's a good bonus. And so like virality is not, you know, it's not the, the foundation of the business. It's a bonus on top once you've built out some infrastructure. It's unpredictable. You can't create it. Like it just has to happen. Like it's random. And then it's not consistent. It doesn't continue on. Something that goes viral, it is, you know, a fart in the wind. It just, it happens and then it goes away. It's not something that you can keep rolling. So yeah, you know, I think this is all good. Um, you know, we're talking about build it when they come and really it's like build it for SEO and they will come. And so I think the next piece, like, you know, I've really learned a lot about SEO from you and from other bloggers and especially from Larry. And one of the big things that I've learned and that we see this bad advice all the time is that like backlinks are everything <laughs> and that's backlinks. This is one I, like I mentioned at the beginning, there's some truth, right? But it's not good advice. And it's because you can speak on this more, but so I'll say the part I can say, and then I'll let you fill in the details. Like backlinks are important. And the more you have of them, the easier it's going to rank, but writing better content and having the your site be more user-friendly and being structured correctly on the back end in the tech mumbo jumbo that I don't know, those things really you know move the needle a little bit more. And that's why you can get traction as a brand new blog. Because if you go out and you just create better content that is focused on your keywords and your site structure and everything's good, you're gonna start moving up the rankings and then eventually being able to you know, as you grow, go after some of the bigger things and, and the backlinks will come, you know, you can't yeah. go out and get them, but they will come. Yeah. I think it's just the backlink thing is a, is a trap that a lot of people fall into. And they're certainly important, you know, having those indicators from solid websites is a good thing for your brand. And it's a good thing to, to grow over time. And it's also a good thing to have a system in place for trying to build more backlinks. But I think a lot of people focus on just backlinks and they let the content quality suffer. And when I say content quality, it's not even just, it's not the writing. It's not like, you know, how thorough is the content? It's also, and maybe even more importantly, the user experience and the functionality. Mm -hmm. So, you know, you'll see a lot of times on app reviews where it's not just like written word. It's also like there's ratings and there's graphs and charts and, and user experience elements that, that help solve the problem, right? Like people have a question, they have something they want solved and how well can you solve it? And it's not just through the written word, it's through features as well. So that's something that, that we've really been working on a lot at Millennium Money Man. Um, that's, this is advice that I got from Larry. We need to have Larry come on the show and talk about this more because he was a master at this over at Investor Junkie before he sold it. But you know, one of, some of the best advice I got from him early on was like, he was like, you know, I didn't focus on, and just for context, people that don't know, uh, Larry Ludwig, he runs LarryLudwig.com, uh, sold Investor Junkie for $6 million a couple of years ago. So knows what he's doing with blogs he didn't focus on backlinks very much at all in the beginning. It was functionality and how can he make the user experience better? How can he keep people on the page longer? Uh, how can he view the data? Um, how are people using the website and using the page? And then can he use that data to make the experience better for them? And then once you do that, you climb up in the rankings and then you can go back and really focus on the backlinks to even further solidify it. But a lot of people get kind of trapped in the opposite where they go, I need backlinks. And then, they focus all on that. The content quality might suffer because you can only focus on so many things unless you have a team. And then a lot of people 
get roped into the, okay, I need backlinks. Mm -hmm. I have to have backlinks to be successful. So I'm going to buy them and you can get into, you know, we've seen this where brands that like shot out of nowhere in the personal finance space that were like crushing it uh, all of a sudden cratered. Like this is just like a thing you see every couple of years, you see this brand come out of nowhere. They, right. It's like, wow, they're incredible. Like they know all this stuff that nobody else knows. And then it's like, and there's an algorithm update and all of a sudden they just plummet. <laughs> you know? And then it's like, oh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, oh, okay. So, and then you kind of go back and look and, and maybe they had a, uh, you know, maybe they were buying links uh, or buying a network of links. And so there's, there's a lot of that that happens. And so I don't, I don't think it's a sustainable way. Like I don't think focusing on just links alone and not content quality and user experience, like it's not a sustainable way and long-term way to grow a business because you can't, the boom and bust cycles of, you know, just trying to, to game Google I mean, one, I think it'd be stressful as hell, like to just see your business implode overnight. And then you have to try to, to build it back every couple of years. But I, I just don't think it's necessary. I think you can outrank a lot of competitors that even have better backlink profiles than you by just focusing on how can we make the piece of content better, not only from the written word standpoint, but more importantly, from the user experience standpoint. Yeah. So that's really interesting. And I, uh, you know, one of the SEO courses that we really like around here is uh, Matt Gene Vinici's uh, SEO for bloggers. And we'll put that here in the, um, our affiliate link, you know, good business, right? We're going to put that here in the show notes so you guys can see it. And one of the things that we love about that course is just, he focuses on like, Hey, don't, don't focus so much on backlink outreach, like focus on creating the best content ever that people are going to want to link to. And that is going to show up based, you know, in search. And he's built his entire, well, he's built multiple website, but his entire website and he's got like a massive website in the pool space, pool maintenance space. So it's not like, you know, he's talking about, he's not building an SEO, you know, a blog about doing SEO or a blog about blogging. He's doing a blog about something kind of boring, you know, pool maintenance and chemical treatments. And he's getting like, I, I think he said like during the summer, it's like millions of hits a month. Well, I'm sure it's crazy, but it's a very simple way to approach SEO and sure there's probably more to it and we do need to get Larry on and he can, you know, really get into the nitty gritty. But like, if you're just starting out like that, your content keyword research is more important than everything. So, so we've got that. And then I think the next piece of advice, and this is actually really big, not only in blogging, but kind of in my world and the courses, coaching creator, that kind of space in the digital marketing world. And that's that you need to be everywhere. Like you need to be all over on social. I think this is one of the worst pieces of advice that you can give people hands down. It's to me, the, the, the selling stuff and the fear of selling and like the not emailing your list, I think is probably number one for me, but this is like a close second. And it's just, if you're trying to build something, you need to focus on that thing. So if your goal is to start a blog, you need to focus on blogging. Like that's enough for you. <laughs> you know, you might have one social media thing. Like if you're, if pick one, right? Like if you're really into Twitter, then use Twitter. If you really enjoy Instagram, use Instagram. Like, but pick one thing you've got your, and then focus on that organic traffic source. If you start trying to do more, you are just slowing down your growth, right? And so there is merit to being everywhere eventually, right? Because then people can find you on whatever channel they have. But early on, you don't need to be showing up on Facebook and Instagram and Twitter and and have a podcast and have a blog and all of that. You're just hurting your growth. And that's something even like, you know, us here for LE, 
we do have a YouTube channel and a blog and a podcast. And, you know, we're not really active on social media, but we do have all of those things. But we also have a team, right? We have writers, we have editors for the podcast, we have people that are uploading the content for us, we have people helping with content research, like all the different things. We have a team that's doing a lot of it, allowing us to do that. And even with that, producing all of this content is tough, right? Like it's almost like we, you know, I don't think we're overextended because we had the team, but man, if we didn't have the team, we would definitely be overextended. And that's, you know, I just look at, to me, a blog is a business. A YouTube channel is a business, right? A podcast is a business. These aren't extra little things. If you're going to do them right, they're a business. And even like this with the podcast, for us, the podcast is content for our audience we already have because we don't have the ability to devote enough time to it to make it something that's bringing people in right because we can't treat it like a business so it's just another way for us to reach our audience even with the team so you have to be careful with that and i think the be everywhere especially on social but i do think like bloggers tend to go oh but i see them doing a youtube channel or them doing a podcast i want to do that I think it's dangerous. I think you're you're hurting your ability. But if you just focused on the blog, you would see so much faster growth, right? Because you'd be really, really good at the one thing. And I know like if I was starting over from day one and had no audience, you know, I personally wouldn't be doing blogging because writing isn't what I'd be doing, but I would be doing YouTube and I would be doing only YouTube and I would be focusing on it and I would be doing the research and I would be you know, doing the editing and doing all that, you know, whatever. And I would only be doing that. I'd be treating it as my job. And YouTube and blogging are the same from that perspective of you're creating content. It's bringing in traffic through SEO. You've got to treat it like your job and you've got to focus on that one thing. And if you think, oh, I've got time, I can go do other things. Well, you've got time that you could be putting to create better content or do more content research or get ahead on your content calendar. Like we talked about last episode, there's so many things that you could be doing to grow that one thing and whole assing one thing is going to get you a lot further than half assing a couple things. And organic reach on social sucks. So like why, why and, build everything out there? And it's temporary, right? Yeah. That's one of the things that drives me nuts with social is like, even if you have like a good social, I recently did a big launch with somebody and they were relying totally on social. They didn't drive near as much traffic despite having a huge social following as people with smaller email lists, right? Yeah. It's just different, right? It's way to pass time for people. And so if you're going to put something on social, you're going to build a big social following. It's not an asset that works for you forever. You write a blog post and it starts ranking. It's going to bring people in every day. You do a mini viral thing on or just a great post on instagram it's gonna last a day it's just how it is yeah totally and and that's where it does come into i will say like later on in your blogging career having a presence on all the social media platforms is helpful but it's later on and the reason i say that is because once you start getting sponsorships and and bigger sponsorships like i had a, a very large sponsorship come through this year with millennial money man and one of the big reasons was because of my my twitter following uh, in my Facebook page and things like that. And like, you know, media companies tend to focus on those, those platforms a little bit more than I probably think they should, but they, they tend to focus on them quite a bit. So, I mean, later on, it can be great to have a presence everywhere, but I don't 
like I don't post everything to all of my pages. I have somebody that does that for me. I don't use Twitter very much. I, you know, I don't, I interact in my millennial money man community. I interact in the laptop empires community and I write emails. Like that's pretty much where, you know, all of my personal time and attention goes because that's, you know, my, my audience, my current audience, but I don't spend a lot of time like posting on my Facebook page or posting on Twitter. Or, you know, I'm not on TikTok. I'm barely, I do Instagram like for fun, but I don't use it as a serious business tool because I, I just see so many people that are like, they've built their entire business on Instagram and you know, then the organic reach drops and it's like, it's like predictable at this point, every social media platform tries to do the exact same thing. They build up a big audience for free and then they try to sell that, that space and sell to that audience. And that means they have to limit the organic reach. Like it's the same thing over and over and over again. (laughs) So it's like, it it happens. It's predictable. So yeah, I think if you have people to help you cool, go for it. It it helps build your, your brand presence and reach and all that kind of stuff. And you can get great sponsorships with it. But in the beginning now, you just got to do one thing, like pick one thing you like, reach people there and focus on your content and uh, go after search traffic. Yep. And that's, you know, that's it. That's our top list of like worst advice we see. It's kind of funny because Bobby and I'll sit back and it'll be like, Oh my God, did you see what so-and-so said on on Instagram? Like this is horrible advice for bloggers. You know, we see that all the time. And uh, so I'm curious for y'all listening, what is the worst advice that you've heard? I would really love to hear that. So let us know in the comments and, uh, you know, who knows, maybe if we get enough, like good comments, we'll be able to share some of your bad advice and, and talk about that too. Cause this is kind of a fun topic, right? Yeah. Uh, but, yeah. but that's all we got for today. So please let us know the worst advice you've heard, subscribe to the podcast, and we will see you next week. You've been listening to the laptop empires podcast with Mike Yonda and Bobby Hoyt. For more information and the resources mentioned in this episode, go to laptopempires.com forward slash podcast. We out.